Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Barn Studios, it's time for the V Show, right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Bobby V. Kind of an on-brand opening to the V Show. I'm away. I'm here in South Carolina getting ready for Clemson, and I was ready to go at 12 o'clock. I'm waiting to put me on until about 12.08, and now I'm eating because I knew that would make people happy. I'm enjoying some Flanders nuts and chocolate trail mix. Nice. That yeah, no, good. it's tasty. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry we're late. I was podcasting down the hallway, and then mm. we were having a good locker room conversation about women and flirting, and and you know. Yeah, no, stuff. that definitely. So, and then, definitely takes and then, priority getting on the Zach, air. Zach came down the hall. And was like, I got your dad connected. Are you ready? And I looked at the clock, and I was like, Oh snap! Sorry. So yeah. But that's in keeping with this trip. Louisville's either going to do the unthinkable and win this game, or they're, it's going to be an, an epic, a first half versus Virginia epic proportion tragedy because this trip has been a cluster buck. And it's nobody, I mean, it's not anybody's fault necessarily. They We got to the airport. We were supposed to leave at 5 yesterday. We all, everybody was there on time. And, uh, mm, really good. Trail mix is good. And, um, um, we're sitting there and sitting there and sitting there, and, and all of a sudden the message comes out. I guess this is what I heard, and I don't know, you know, what exactly is going on, but I'm way down the chain of command there for something like this. In fact, no command at all. I'm just one of the least floating in the stream as it goes by. They said one of the flight attendants is sick, and so um, there's a delay. All right. I don't know if I really buy that because couldn't they still do it anyway? Even if they had like two flight attendants instead of three, um, I don't know. But that, I, I digress. So they tell us um, we're going to have to be very delayed. So they send us home, which was good because it was my birthday yesterday, and I got to have an impromptu d- dinner with Nick and and Jeanette. We had a delightful dinner at um, at Cracker Barrel, so that was nice. Okay, but so then we get back to the airport. And there's no players. I was like, what the hell? And they said, well, the, they, the charter company managed to get them a very small plane. 
So the players, I, they came down with bare bones. I guess it was just the players, the staff, and the trainer. I don't know if anybody else even came. Everybody else was. Uh, so we had this gigantic plane. We didn't take off till close to 11 um, with like, I don't know, 15 people on it. So, and then we land here. And it's all right, it's late enough. So we're not, we're not landing here till I don't know, damn near midnight. Um, the airport, Clemson is in the middle of nowhere. So um, even the private airport is not particularly close. So it's like an hour ride from the airport here. So we didn't check in till oh, till one o'clock, and they uh, they don't have enough cars for us to get our group from because the the bus they already had the bus here, so there weren't enough cars to get us from the airport to here. So uh, six people had to stay behind. I was in one of the two cars, Paul with Paul and some other staff folks, and um, and we came here, and those poor people had to sit there and wait to get the bus sent back for them. So they had to wait like 45 more minutes because the bus left before we left the airport. So it was like 45 more minutes till the bus got there. And then it was another hour back. So I don't know when they got to check in. So that was pretty much a, a cluster. And then today, everything was good. We have nice Wi-Fi. So I tested it. It's all good. Just like yesterday. Thank God we got the system now seemingly knockwood working down pat. And um, I went downstairs to grab a sandwich before the show, and I come back up, and it's one of those scan key things. Um, So I step off the elevator. Fortunately, I didn't step in it. Somebody had either thrown up or spilled a a shake. I wasn't going to get close enough to see what it was. It was one or the other. Those look very similar when they're splattered across a rug. So we had that, so that was delightful. Then I, bad enough, I had to step over it. But then I get to the room, and for some reason, you know, that happens. The scan keys don't work. So I couldn't get in, so I had to run back down, step around the puke again, and go down and get my a new set of keys, and uh, and finally got in here. But I was like, I'm still, despite all that, I'm still ready to go at noon. And then uh, there's nobody to put me on the air. <laughs> so when we recruited, you used to have those kinds of trips. This is unbelievable. That would be a great book. I really should write that book. Go to all the, around and just get stories of, from coaches. The most ridiculous things happen when you are recruiting i've had a bunch a bunch of people shared them with me um you know it's it, the whole thing is crazy um i mean there's there's a litany of them but we used to talk all the time about it seemed like if if the trip went completely kablooey that that was the kid that came you know when everything fell into place you said man it could have gone better with that the kid didn't didn't come so i mean and you know when you're in new york especially i don't know it seems like there's all sorts of those things my friend gary edwards who um, you know, is my roommate in college. He was the coach of Francis Marion at this time. When I left Hofstra, he took my job and he became the assistant at Hofstra. And they had a kid flying in for a visit. And, um, you know, the kid flew in and he went to pick him up and he had the car parked just outside the terminal. And he's in looking for him, looking for him and uh, can't find him. And this is the very formative days of cell phones. I don't even know if he had a cell phone. He might have to go to a pay phone. I think he did. I mean, it's a long time ago. And he's trying to find a kid, and he's calling. And, you know, and the, the, now he's got a, he's calling the kid's mother, and he doesn't want to worry. But he's like, uh, we can't find Charlie. And so they're like, what? You know what I mean? So, um, you know, they so he somehow gets word Charlie says, I'm sitting right at the, uh, I, I think it was a, one of the defunct airlines now, the TWA. I'm sitting right at the TWA terminal. And Gary says, I'm standing right here. There's nobody here. And he finds out that the kid uh, flew into uh, uh, Newark, and he was at LaGuardia. <laughs> so, yeah. wah, wah. Oh, geez. So, 
so now he's got, now he had been on the road. By Those the way, aren't also. particularly close either, are they? Oh, oh, and make it worse, he had been on the road, Gary, for about a week. He had just gotten back himself. He had just landed, and he went and picked up his car, and he put all his stuff in the back, and then he went to. Uh, I don't know where he landed. He might have landed at Kennedy or something. I don't know. But he landed at one of the airports and had to go to the other one, he thought, to pick this kid up. So he parks the car, and he goes and he goes inside. Now he realizes he's at the wrong airport, and he can't get word to the kid. So he gets back in the car, and he's driving like a maniac, as you'd guess, you know, trying to get into to New Jersey. And he suddenly looks in the rearview mirror, and he's like, where's all my stuff? <laughs> <laughs> While he was in the airport, somebody came in and robbed him, took everything out of the car. And he was on the road for like, you know, he was like I was. He was 23 years old, 24 years old. He didn't have a whole lot to begin with. So he only had like three suits and they were all in the back seat. So he stole them all. <laughs> so he said, somebody took all his clothes, his shoes. He took everything. So now he's got nothing in the back seat and the kid's at the wrong airport. It was... Uh, and they got him, of course. He wound up coming. So that's kind of how that works. But, <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of my favorite uh, stories like that. There's um, This is true. A guy named Frank Alasia. This might be exaggerated a little bit, but I like it anyway. Frankie was – this is back when I was still in middle school. So, I mean, the rules for recruiting were – ridiculously lax back then in terms of you know now there's dead periods and limits to contacts and all sorts of things back then man it was it was kind of like uh the wild west you could see the kid every day so this kid is being recruited heavily i don't it's irrelevant to schools because i really don't remember i'm not trying to cover for anybody i just don't remember where so this one assistant has been uh you know, basically in contact with him like every day for his entire junior year. Now, the one restriction was you couldn't take a camp- paid campus visit until your senior year started. So he's told him, you know, yeah, we're all set. As soon as you're, you know, you're eligible, we're bringing you out. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And back then, you, I don't think you can do this anymore either. You used to be able to actually fly and meet the kid and fly back with him. Which you know made sense if you think about it. All these kids haven't flown before. I don't know. Maybe you can still do that. I don't know. It's been so long since I recruited. But anyway, you could then. So the guy has been recruiting him. Again, let's make schools up. Let's say he was at uh, at uh, Illinois State, and Frankie was a kid from Long Island. And so um, you know, they they the the coach has been recruiting him, recruiting him, recruiting him, and he says, "All right, I'll take my visit." And he takes a visit, and he's on the plane, and they land. And they're taxiing, and he looks out the window, and there's a sign, Welcome to Wichita. And he says to the coach, Wichita, what are we doing here? And the guy says, oh, I forgot to tell you, I changed jobs. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> the old, Minor the detail. old switcheroo. <laughs> the old bait and switch. <laughs> yeah, so you've had, you had some interesting ones, to say the least. So, yeah. So that's um, – now, he did not go there. He went to St. John's, though, so it didn't work for that guy. But that's been my – that's been this trip. So, fortunately, I'm actually glad the kids got an earlier plane because it was late. I mean, and, you know, they do things the morning of, so they would have gotten probably very little sleep. They got up, they have breakfast, they watch a movie. Now, right now, they are at shoot-around, and it would just be a little a little tough. So, I'm glad they got here earlier. The good thing is the weather was good, so the flight was uneventful, but um, crazy. As the great Roseanne, Rosanna Downey used to say, it's always something. So it is apparently always something. So we'll see uh, how it plays out for for um, 
uh, the cards given the kind of uh, eventful uh, trip that it's been. I don't want to make it sound like it's anything that they're doing. I mean, this was the, the charter company, evidently. I don't know. I guess the woman got sick. I don't know. That's all I know. But um, crazy. Craziness. And, of course, we're in a place where the airport is a long way from the campus. So, beautiful hotel, though, by the way. It's like a resort. It's something lodge. I don't even remember the name of it. But I guess it's a mix. They sell some of them as condos. And then there's a bunch that are... Um, you know, just rentals, but it's like, this is a, it's kind of like a studio apartment I've got. It's got a full kitchen, refrigerator, microwave, stove. It's very nice. So um, that part's nice, but I'm not sure playing them is going to be very nice because they are still hot about the Duke game. They're they're They felt like they, uh, they hadn't won there since like the French and Indian war. And they really thought they had the game. And, and then two plays at the end, they didn't get a call on either one of them. And um, and to make it worse, and I'd forgotten this until I was reading, who I don't know if it was CL's or Brooks's column today, um, that you know they they lost to Louisville last year, and they think that that is a and they don't think they're right. That was a very big reason they didn't get an NCA bid. I mean that was that was just regarded as a terrible terrible loss, and they're kind of in the same boat this year. I think Joe Lenardi has him has them in right now, but. It's not like the league is rolling in terms of, uh, you know, like it is in usual years where the, any one of the games in it is going to be considered a real high-quality game. There's only I think, I think Joe's only got three ACC teams in. So uh, they can't afford – they're not going to have a whole bunch of opportunities for mega wins going forward, so they can't afford a bad loss. So I, I, I mean, we'll see. I can't figure the mindset of players out anymore. The modern player, very different. But I got to think – they are going to come out loaded for bear. They're all pissed off about Duke. They remember last year that they didn't get in largely because they lost to Louisville. And, you know, some of those guys are back. Gerard is not. He was at Syracuse, but P.J. Hall was here. They remember, and they're going to be they're going to be seriously all pissed off. They can score the ball. They're not a great defensive team. So, I don't know. Maybe that bodes, you know, Louisville is impossible. I've, I've given, I know it's my job to be an analyst, but... They are so mystifying, you just kind of throw your hands up sometimes. Um, they are, you know, we've seen them play well offensively, and then they go score 13 points against Virginia in the first half. But we talked about that may simply been a matter of styles. The one thing Virginia does not let you do is drive the basketball, and that's the one thing, the single thing, that they've emphasized from day one when Kenny got here is drive the ball, drive the ball, and they couldn't do it. And they, you got to make threes against Virginia. They hardly took any of them. So I don't know. I didn't see that coming. Um, Miami is a very, <clears throat> excuse me, very good offensive team, and Louisville had their way with them, largely because Mike James got rocking. Well, this Clemson team is pretty good offensively, which is a deviation from how Brad Brownell's teams have usually played. He's usually been a very good defensive coach, but they've been kind of challenged offensively. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that bodes well for Louisville. Maybe, it's, I, like I said, you would think it wouldn't. Because if kind of the, the stronger thing that you do, which right now is offense for Louisville, is a strength of the other teams, and they're playing home, you'd say, all right, well, they got the advantage. But I don't know. Has it worked that way? They played Miami on the road and out-offensed Miami, so who knows? I don't know. They're, they're playing against themselves as much as anybody anybody right now. It's, it's almost semi-irrelevant who the opponent is. I mean, it's not completely irrelevant. I mean, obviously, 
you're playing a Carolina, they're they're really, really legitimately very, very good. You could play a, an, an A kind of game and still not beat them. In fact, they didn't even play badly, really, against Carolina. So that's exhibit A. But by and large, they're playing against themselves. They're playing against, uh, um, the, you know, overcoming their own shortcomings and mistakes. And, and that's the... That's what they'll be doing um, tonight as well. In a late game, 9 o'clock. We are not going to get back, by the way. Game won't end until 11.30. And then you got 40 minutes of post-game stuff. That takes you to 12.10. By the time you get everybody loaded on the bus, it's almost 12.30. It's like an hour to the airport. That's 1.30. You don't just, it's not like getting on a bus. They just, where they're waiting at the airport. You got to go through security and everything. We probably aren't going to take off till. I don't know, 145 hour. I'm not going to be home till 245, three o'clock, which is why I will not be in tomorrow. <laughs> so let me give you the heads up right now. There will be guest hostage tomorrow. So enjoy yourselves. And uh, that, that, that's another reason they may win, because I won't get a chance to come in tomorrow and have a happy show. I'll be, I'll be sleeping, sleeping, sleeping it off, such as it were. So. Uh, 4379680 Nick will have to share the texts I can't get them here in South Carolina but we'll get some in the show we have a V-Stakes coming up a little bit later um, we'll do that uh, CL Brown's going to join us Jay Billis is going to join us uh, Neil Knuckles Greenberg is going to join us I hope he made you some money he said to take the under on Kittles right when the Kittles was Kittles he and, did uh, he was, he was way way under way under wasn't even close so that made you some money or it should have made me some money so we'll see if he's I got lost some. Both my uh, Santa Claus bets last night. I didn't even hear what they were. You gave no, a Santa no, Claus bet. I, I didn't do it on the air, but I oh. I, I played some NBA uh, bets and they, they did not they did not work. Not well, work you know the problem with the NBA right now, and it's 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 an upside and a downside. The upside is most people play overs, and the NBA is scoring quite literally like they've never scored before, uh, and so. You're getting these games that are, I mean, the Nets scored 144 yesterday in regulation. I mean, so the, the points are just coming out the wazoo. So you got a chance for overs more than you might normally. Having said that, because the offenses are so explosive, you get games like I did. I lost one last night uh, because I played a parlay with Laurie Markinen and his team got beat by, oh, I don't know, 600, 700. So... He only played like 24 minutes because the game was a blowout. So that's what happens. You know, you don't you don't get you know, uh, the stars, the leading scorers playing once the coach. Everybody's concerned about load management and stuff. But this was not a conscious thing. They just were getting blown out. There's no reason to leave him out on the floor. So he played basically half the game. So of course he didn't hit his number. Um, so you know, it's it's uh, it's tough. That's why it's called gambling. Fun though. It's still it's still fun. It's fun when you win. It's fun when I lucked. Watch Kittle's stat numbers not change. <laughs> that was fun. So, oh I shoot! Know. I just I was pulling up my uh, my bet MGM. I forgot I did have a Santa Claus bet. <laughs> it was like one of those, and it hit. <laughs> it was one of those presents you forgot you bought. You oh, know? there you go. Look, we got one more present. Who's is this? There's no tag on it. Let me see. Shake. Oh, I know that one's for Nick. Yeah, it was exactly. I lost my first two, and typically I, I try to not chase. I try to like my rule, like I, you know, it's two strikes, don't go three. You know, it's just, yeah. 
So I try not to chase, and but I was so tired last night, I completely forgot I made this bet, and I was totally chasing. Um, I missed out on Bucks at Nuggets. I took uh, I had a ten dollar bonus bet, and I, I put it on uh, the Bucks to win money line. Nuggets Nuggets won. Um, the game I was watching though, and I watched like the uh, the the entire overtime. It was a lot of fun. Um, Houston and Texas last night was a really good game. Oh, what a great game. I'm telling you, Texas has kind of found their stride a little bit here. Uh, After was, they got off to that terrible start, they, they you know, we, I, I called their game. They won um, the game against the Baylor. Um, so that means they played Baylor twice in two weeks. I guess they did. Because they uh, – which game did you have yesterday? You had Texas-Baylor again, right? No, no, Houston and Texas. Oh, that's at Houston. That's right. So Because I saw them beat Baylor at home, and that was a good win. And then uh, th- this game was this was an overtime game, right? Yeah, yeah. It went to uh, did it go to double overtime? I can't remember. No, um, it was uh, yeah, just an overtime game. And I took uh, Texas money line, and Houston got the job done. Uh, some clutch. clutch. Wait a minute. You said you took Texas money line, and Houston got the job done, so you lost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I thought you said you woke up and saw you won one today. Well, that's the thing. I I started chasing last night. And I took the Trailblazers to cover against the Sixers. That was a good play because, see, I didn't know that. I took the Sixers not knowing that half their team didn't play. Yeah. So Load uh, management game. Embiid, I don't even think, dressed. So yeah, what the hell that, is that? That's an interesting story because um, I'm tipping my hand. We're going to get into this a little bit with uh, hit or myth. You know, actually, I'll just tease it for hit or myth. But Joel Embiid can only miss five more games to stay eligible for the uh, – the MVP. What on God's green earth are you doing? What was that? Why are you doing that? It's very annoying. What are you doing? No, don't stop. It's annoying. It's like nails on. Stop it. I swear. Oh, that was fun. I so couldn't you hear want it. Want people to listen to the show? Like, yes, I, swear, I do. There's times yes. you like no, you yes, just wake I do. up and you're like, I'm going to try to get everybody to go yes. listen to Rome. No, that was it was it was I I was um, wanted to make sure that the top part of the microphone, the thing that's the ball, was uh, attached properly. So I tested it and. Um, it started to unscrew, so I was like, "I'm going to ride this all the way out." I, so I unscrewed it all the way out. Then I put it back on. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was the noise. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> oh, that was uh, it was something. All right, like all, all of a sudden, you know, what's just, weird is I, I couldn't hear it in the storm. Oh, no, no, it doesn't. I, it I it doesn't it. make any noise to my headset. So oh, obviously, I heard it's, every last bit of it. I gather based on how like, you reacted. I thought you were going to swear at me. Really? Yeah, that's that 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 was about half as loud as it was. Wow. Sorry about that, listeners. I didn't know. I really didn't know. I would not have been that cruel. I just so I you apologize. just kept going. But anyway, well, I had to put it. Well, I had to put it back on once I'd committed to taking it off. I had to put it back on. So yeah, a texter said it sounded kind of like a pepper grinder. It did a little bit. That's true. All right, let's do an experiment. Pop me down. Okay. All right, you are potted down. You're in. You're in my ear, though, so I can hear. Okay, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to pot you up? Can you still hear me right now? Uh, 
Can you hear me? Yeah, no, we can hear you loud, loud and clear. Ah, so this is really just a glorified windscreen. Yeah, if anything, you actually sound kind of better. No way. You sound less really? hot. You sound less hot. Huh, wonder why that is. I didn't change any levels. I just took the windscreen thingy off. Huh, interesting. Well, I'm going to put it back on, so pop me down again. All right, we'll work in a couple texts. 437 UPS Jobs text line. This is interesting. Um... It says here, okay. It says here, Taylor Swift has generated three hundred and thirty-one yeah, million dollars in brand value yeah. for the NFL. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I just want to get this off my chest. We talked about follow up on yesterday's theme. Everybody's mad about everything, and everybody wants to politicize everything. I don't. I don't. I refuse. If you're, and I'm sorry, I try very hard to stay on the yellow line. I'm. I'm a middle of the rotor that does lean left when you push me on some things, but I'm I'm not as left leaning as you might think on others. So I am very much trying to ride that middle line. But and there are some tree hugging lunatics on one side, and then the right wing nut jobs on the other. This is a right wing nut job thing. The thought that somehow putting her on TV is a politically motivated thing is so far lunacy, and it just perpetuates the lunacy in the country. It. it I mean, because, again, if you just can take a breath and not lose your mind and be so pissed at the other side, think about it. The guy just told you that it got them $331 million worth of co- coverage and publicity for the league. That is a it third also, of a billion. Also, I read another study today that said, now, you could say it has nothing to do with that. Maybe the quarterbacks are particularly handsome this year. I don't know. But there are more women actively following football this year than any other year probably since they've been trying to keep track of such things. Is that all because of her? Uh, no, but I don't think it hurts. So my point is they are in the business of business. If putting on a tomato, an eggplant, a, a half a glass of of uh, of uh, Mountain Dew somehow would make those numbers go to 330 million. That's what they would be doing. It's that simple. So stop making it more of a motive than what it is, which is business. And on top of that, somebody sent this out. I saw today. Very good point, by the way. How long is a standard NFL football game? I can tell you the answer in case you don't want to take a guess at it. I mean, how how much airtime is involved in a standard NFL game? Uh, three and a half hours? 315 to three and a half. Let's say 315 to make it so it doesn't look like we're skewing the stats for us. She was on collectively. If you put all the time that she was shown, she was on for less than a minute and a half. That really has ruined the whole three and a half hour experience for you? I would contend it's ruined more by the 75,000 minutes of commercials than by a minute and a half of her standing there cheering. She's not even doing anything objectionable. She's standing there cheering for her boyfriend. Wow. I I just, I don't, I wish my life was so perfectly ordered that something like that could get me worked up. Honest to God, it's unbelievable because the vitriol, I, I do feel, I feel for her. I really do. She's not doing anything. Everybody who comes into her, even these candid videos that people sneak, she seemingly is being very nice to everybody. Not good enough. 
It's a politically motivated thing. It's ruining the game for me. It's, oh my God in heaven, really? A minute and a half? I can't think of anything you could put on for a minute and a half that would ruin. And believe me, I know there's a bunch of things and people that I really dislike. But even that I could deal with for a minute and a half. And and it wouldn't, quote unquote, ruin the excitement of an NFL playoff game for me. That is just crazy. I don't, I, it's, it's, but it's a symbol of being pissed off. Everybody's pissed off. I don't know. They resent her, resent her money. Resent, I don't know, but it's crazy. I, I'm going to Johnny two sides of the bejesus out of this situation. All right. I'm going to stretch a little bit before I do that. On one hand, I absolutely see nothing wrong. And maybe it's because I consume football like I, I very rarely am watching one game. I'm jumping around. So I, I have that that game on on my phone while I'm watching, stuck watching Gilmore Girls with Jeanette, you know something along those lines. Um, I very rarely just commit to one game. You know I'll either red zone it or something along those lines. So I've never had to just endure a barrage of Taylor Swift. That said, I watched basically the entire Ravens. Uh, Chiefs game. So that was the most it, like straight up from pillar to post, tap to buzzer, Chiefs game I've 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 watched all season by itself. I did notice that they put her on the, the screen a lot. She does absolutely nothing wrong, and I feel bad for her. All she's doing is there and I I would even say politely cheering. Like uh, people crushed Brittany Mahomes for being annoying on social media and everything like that. She also isn't doing anything wrong. She's just supporting her husband. She really is. But I can understand, like, a lot of the tweets and, and everything like that are, woo, go Chiefs, yeah! you know, like, craziness like that. Okay, if you're rooting against the Chiefs, of course that would come off as annoying. Again, she's doing nothing wrong. But, I, but it's sort of like somebody, like, cooking a certain food. If you don't like the smell of garlic, you're going to get annoyed by Italian food. That's all it is. Like, it's, it's just one of those is what it is type things. But I don't even see Taylor Swift doing that. Going woo, like doing woo girl stuff and being crazy about the Chiefs. Every time they show her, she's like just, you know, the most excited I saw her was she was like dancing with Brittany Mahomes during the uh, divisional round. Like, I don't understand why people are getting that upset. That said, that said, they do show her a lot. And I feel bad for Taylor because they show her so much that like she automatically is going to like great on some people. But when you add it up, she's on for about maybe a minute and a half total. No, I, they do. I, I, they they again, do ten it, it, shots of six seconds, seven seconds. So she's on for like seventy-five, eighty total seconds. That's what the whole thing is. It's just, I, I don't, you know. But they, they, the, they don't do that with any. Like if you were watching oh, a, oh, an NBA game, they don't. Nay, they, nay, nay, nay. And they I'll don't tell do you it, how, They don't I'll do it you. to that extent. Well, and, I'll tell and you. this is where, and, and I think. They don't do it to that extent, and the NFL knows exactly what they're doing because by showing her every 10 seconds, they've made poor Taylor have to take the brunt of all these people that get pissed off about stuff, uh, about things all the time. It doesn't really bother me, but I can understand why it would annoy. I don't think it, you have to boycott the NFL or do anything to that extreme. Just be like, I think they're showing her too much. But she's right, generating me, a third of a billion dollars. That's Let, let, me, let me play Johnny Two Sides here, okay? You said they don't do that with any other sport. Yes, they do. Every time 
the Lakers played. They put Jack Nicholson. They split him they, on screen. I was, 50 I was times about a day. to say they do the same thing with Spike Lee at Knicks game. A- exactly. They don't so, do it to near. That's because the they're not extent. as big a star. She's arguably the biggest star in the world right now. That so that is why she's on more because there's more interest in just seeing her. Do you know? I was reading. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm reading this book. It's hard to believe for people like your generation to probably don't even know who she is. Elizabeth Taylor was maybe the biggest movie star in the world for a number of years. Her career really went south. She gained a lot of weight. She was a drug addict. Her life was really in a cesspool. Despite that, she signed on to do a live play with an actor named Richard Burton, who was a brilliant actor but had his own demons. They were married. They were married, divorced, got married again, were divorced again. Then they're in this play. And the public could not get enough of her to the point where, and Richard Burton was an accomplished stage actor, a brilliant stage actor. Elizabeth Taylor was not. She was a marginal stage actor. She was a movie actress. When they signed on to do this play, um, because she was, as frequently people who are addicts are, unreliable, and so she would miss, and she would, at the last minute, they'd announce the understudy was playing her part. When it was announced that she was not going to be there, the people who had already paid, they'd bought their ticket, were already in the theater, would get up and leave before the play started. Richard Burton would be getting ready to start the show. He'd look out from the curtain and, and there'd be, I don't know, a, th- a quarter of the crowd, a third of the crowd, half the crowd getting up and leaving. What's that got to do with Taylor Swift? Because that's our mindset. You can lament it. You can question it. You can you can even, you know, uh, um, uh, resent it. But that's how we are. We're wired that way. There are certain stars that that just transcend whatever setting they're in. She's one of them. If you don't like her music or you don't like, that's fine. Nobody's here to convince you otherwise. But to deny that that's what's going on is ridiculous. So my summation, she's the biggest star in the world. They always put stars on in these games. They put her on more than the other stars because she's a bigger star than the other stars. And and it's making the league more than a third of a billion dollars by taking 70 seconds of airtime and just showing her clapping her hands and going woo woo i don't know if i'm running the nfl i'm, I'm signing up for that oh no I, mean, I i i don't think i i don't blame anybody for doing anything I'm, i i i don't blame the nfl for doing this they know exactly what they're doing the rich get richer i mean it's no surprise i mean they didn't get to the top of the mountain by being idiots um, I mean, they, they know how to market themselves, and they've even been able to navigate PR nightmares and everything like that the past couple of years. No, they're very good at their job, and they're doing exactly what they should be doing, generating money for free, basically. I mean, you know, they're not, they're not having to pay Taylor Swift to be at these games or get her to do commercials. I mean, they've literally gotten a third of a billion dollars by just her attending the games. I mean, that's any, any businessman or, or, or woman or however they identify would – do that that thing taylor is just going to support her 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 boo like i do think that she's also not an idiot i think that she's not not stupid not you know it's not certainly not hurting her brand to be front and center at at the most popular sporting events in the world um but i can understand some people getting mildly mildly annoyed by the propensity in what she has put on the screen. I mean, it is it is noticeably more than any other celebrity. I'll, I'll, but I, I will say this though, and this is where I don't I, I don't understand everyone getting that upset. I don't think Taylor at all. If you want to say well, she knows exactly what she's doing, cool. 
all she's doing is going to the box. I got super annoyed. At first, I thought it was cool, and then I got annoyed with it. When do you remember Drake? And Drake is yeah. arguably, I mean, a top ten, uh, you know, musical artist in the world too. When he was front and center for the uh, the Raptors NBA Finals run. Yeah. Oh yeah. The only the difference was at first I thought it was great. He's a great ambassador for the city. He would help get the fans like he was, really riled up. He was basically up. trying but to get then, in the huddles during timeouts. Yeah, but then he was he was going to the huddles like during timeouts, and it was like, whoa, okay, he was overstepping his bounds. Right. Like I didn't hear people getting as I mean, and we talked about it, but I didn't see people getting as annoyed about that. Something that I do think there's something to be like, okay, that's a little much. People did get get annoyed by it, but not to the extent of Taylor Swift just simply for existing. And I wonder if there's some sort of socio, some sort of socio thing there, because I don't know if it's males wanting to be protective of their thing, which is the NFL. But the NFL has been actively marketing more towards women the past couple of years, so I don't know why they would be upset by that. I don't know if it's some sex or gender thing. I don't know if it's some race thing. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the genre of music. Hip-hop and basketball go much better uh, seemingly together than NFL and pop music. I don't know what it is, but it seemed like people were less pissed off about Drake actively trying to call plays I agree. in the NBA Finals than Taylor Swift for politely cheering in a box. I, I don't I, know. Okay, now you're making my case for me. I mean, it's it's one of those things, leave it at, I, I think I can sum it up, even though I don't share it, that she's a girl that is melodramatic. Her lo- dating life has been out there every chapter. You know, some people are kind of like, all right, enough already, that every time you have a new boyfriend, it's the cause for songs and drama and everything else. I mean, again, not advocating for or against. I'm just saying that some people can roll their eyes at that. She also strikes you as the girl in school that, you know, uh, as Robert Klein said, when he and his, his his classmates were trying to, you know, look at each other's paper to see if they could pass this quiz, she was the girl, she'd already finished the quiz, brought her paper up to the front of the room, and was putting the little rings that reinforced the holes on the loose-leaf binder. You know, that's what she was spending the rest of the time in the exams. She's just the, the, the goody two-shoes. She's too perfect. We don't like perfect. That's so she gets it from both ends. The people who think she's oh you date too much, you're a floozy, that thing, and then the other side you're just a you know perfect goody two shoes straight A's, you know always looking impeccable, always doing that. People resent that. So, uh, but I you know I'm I'm not advocating it. I'm not saying I share it, uh, but that that comes into it as well. So I mean I, you know Drake doesn't rappers don't come across that way. I mean, maybe some people who resent rappers because they don't like what they, in their mind, they symbolize, whether it's rightly or wrongly, but doesn't elicit. And he wasn't as big as he was. He wasn't as big. No, no, this, this, I mean, I, how many stars have been of her magnitude in your lifetime? Michael Jackson, maybe. Um, I don't know. I can't even think. Movie stars? Drake, movie Drake stars? scratched the surface of that. He wasn't at that level. But no, but, and that's but, not because it's not my what, demographic. It just wasn't. He's good. No, he, I mean, I get like it. Like I but said, he, he, he dipped his toe in those waters. He was he was pretty massive for a while. But no, nah, like I'm trying to think. Like I'm trying to think the biggest musical acts. I mean, they uh, are. They, they, she is she is in the pantheon of Michael Jackson, Prince, Elvis, the yeah. Beatles. That's where she is. And you don't have to like it. You can say, I don't get it. I don't her music. Okay, whatever. I'm not... I'm not 
know, doing anything to advocate. I'm just trying to make sense of what I'm seeing. But I, I don't make sense of the abject. Um, I don't. I hate anger. That's anger. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big fan of anger. Anymore. Nothing good really comes from anger. If you think about it, it really doesn't. Well, it, Be, it, it scientifically it, lowers your IQ. Yeah, I mean, don't I'm don't confuse anger with determination. Good things come from determination, but anger, very little, if anything, ever good comes from that. So I'm not a big fan of it, and I certainly am not a fan of it when, like you said, objectively I look at it and go, "Gee, why would they be so angry at this girl?" That it's she. The league is taking a minute and a half of your viewing from the game total. Uh, she's not doing anything objectionable. Um, I mean, she's just in there, like you said, clapping and cheering for her team. Every time you see her privately, she seems like. Uh, uh, she's very polite and courteous and uh, uh, you know and 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 from a business standpoint intellectually you should be able to understand it the, I don't like all the commercials in the NFL I get it I mean that that's why the NFL is a gajillion d dollar business who do you think's paying the bills I mean there's only eight home games for each team they're not they're not doing it from gate receipts although that doesn't hurt they're doing it from broadcast rights and commercials and endorsements and licensing and all that stuff so you got a deal that's that's bringing in arguably the equivalent of 331 million dollars from putting a, a minute and 25 seconds of of an image on the screen well, that's I, not I, objectionable drew just and, passed along a graph and he said for the first two games she was on screen for a minute 41 seconds Two games, a minute 41. Thank you. Thank you for making my point. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I just, I I, I can name off the top of my head, you know, a a bunch of performers, actors, politicians. I really don't like. I could deal with any of them for a minute and 40 seconds if it meant watching the game. I mean, I might roll my eyes and say, oh, him again or her again. But um, it's not going to be to the point where the, the people are just. Losing their, blowing their tops. Here's something else, and I think that we're kind of falling into, I don't even want to say it's a sports media thing. I think it's just a media. Hey, how dare you? It's just a media thing where a lot of people get annoyed at a a minority of people, but paint them with a broad brush. Like, okay, this is a good point. My man, Michael Columbus, shout out, uh, of the Blind Squirrel passed this along. Said, I think it's more of the announcers going on and on about her throughout the telecast instead of just the queens, the quick screenshots. That I can understand uh, getting annoyed at. I'm not saying that you turn the channel or you get sick of it or anything like that, but I can understand being like, okay, like I'm listening to the game, I'm listening to them break it down. What do I really care about Taylor Swift's thoughts about this? I can understand that kind of, you know, throwing off the mojo a little bit. I can understand getting annoyed by that, but see, that's the thing. I think a lot of people are, if anything, they don't care, or they're mildly annoyed by it, but they get painted in this broad brush by the fraction of a fraction of a percent that are losing their minds over it. And all the, like, and, you know, some people are politicizing it. Some people are saying, I can't watch the games anymore. I'm turning the channel. Where the majority of people are just going, meh. Or they're like, eh, they're putting her on a lot, but it's kind of bugging me. But I'm still going to watch the game because the game went from a 99% of enjoyment to a 97% enjoyment because of that. And I think like a lot of times we're painting with that broad brush and getting uh, painting it as anybody that's a, uh, that's mildly annoyed with Taylor Swift. We're making it sound like they're now trying to boycott the NFL. Maybe. And I don't. I think will that's say. I, I will say this though. I think that the people who are responding, um, and I will. I will also say that for the people who think it's a very conscious decision, I, I am. I don't think it is, but I can't say for certain that um, they talk about it. And I'll say why I say that. Because the, peop- the same people who got mad at Dickie V all those years 
didn't understand. That was a, a pretty much conscious decision of, of the things they talk about outside of just the game you're watching. Because, again, don't yell at the messenger for giving you the news. The philosophy was always, if you really care about the Chiefs and the Ravens, you're watching that game. They could be giving recipes while the play's going on. You're watching that game because that's the only place to watch it, and you want to see what's going on. The guy, so, but they're not going to do that, of course. But the fact is, the guy who is not that interested in the Chiefs, and, and now for more for regular season games than playoff games, but for the guy who's not a diehard Chiefs or Ravens fan, he may be channel surfing. He may be doing what Nick's doing. He's just, and he's clicking, and he comes on this game. How do you keep them watching? And so what they do is they try and bring up a myriad of topics that maybe you'd be interested in in addition to watching the game. Well, you're watching, so you are you must like football, so uh, we'll talk about some other football news. And and in basketball, college basketball, Dickie would do that all the time, and it would drive the people crazy because around here, because they're Louisville fans. They would talk about my team. Talk about us. Why are you talking about what's going on in the Big Ten? Because... There are college basketball fans there that are not as diehard Louisville or whoever they're playing, uh, Clemson fans. They're they're basketball fans, and so you're trying to keep their attention. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that's the way it is. And now in this case, I remember the, the very legendary one that Mike Patrick did, which to this day, if I watch it, makes me laugh out loud. I, I don't know if you have to play it, but it's it, you can find it. They actually had made a – they were talking about this, that they had a meeting – that with all the talent and they were saying kind of what I said to you, which was the demographic show that for us to get eyeballs, we can't just get the fans of the two teams that are playing. You gotta, you gotta be up to date on current events and know what's going on. And, 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 you know, and be, they talk about pop things, things in the news. And, and uh, there was a, I mean, obviously they're talking about within the context, but to make his point about how absurd he thought it was, there's a game winning field goal that they're lining up for. It's a very dramatic moment. <laughs> and all of a sudden he just says, how about that Madonna or something like that? Oh, something. oh yeah. What is Brittany doing these days? What? Yeah, that, yeah like, that's the clip. Yeah. Oh, my God. But he that did that. I some... thought he I thought it came out that he did that on purpose. He did. Yeah. He was trying to be a, he was trying to a, point out the absurdity of what he thought about making the announcers try and be up to date, make him sound like, you know, 50, 60 year old men who made their whole lives calling sports. Now all of a sudden are going to be talking about what's going on in the music scene. Well, he picked obviously a time they wouldn't have wanted him to do that, but to make his point, I mean, it was a real dramatic moment. The stadium's kind of roaring and, and I forget who his analyst was, but the guy was dumbfounded. He didn't know what the hell to say. It was hilarious. I got to admit that took some balls. That really did. It was, uh, but okay. So I'm saying, you know, you don't have to like that as a philosophy, but that's part of it. So I don't know. She's such a big deal. Maybe they've talked about it. Maybe they've said, you know, make a quick comment, make a men- mention she's there, whatever. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't imagine they've gone much beyond that, but um, I don't know. It would seem kind of stranger. I think if they just kept putting her on and the announcers didn't say anything, I mean, I don't know, just a, a quick kind of innocuous. I really do think there's more of a sentiment of people like you that are, uh, don't like the Chiefs. And so... I, I think it, that definitely it, it, plays it. It annoys you. It annoys you. Even if even if it's something as innocent as saying, up, oh, and, and that certainly makes uh, um, 
Taylor Swift tapped me that touchdown, and that's it. Even if that's all he said, you son of a bitch, you know, you touchdown, you know, go sure. Now, you know, that cell, we've got to watch him celebrate. You know, that's that's part of it. I, I guess. Yeah, if she was dating Lamar and not, yeah. you know, not yeah. one of the top players on the top team. Um, well, I mean, that was a bad example, but but I'm saying the defending champion. Well, yes. It was amidst a dynasty. Lamar is going to win the MVP, likely. And his team was one of the top teams in their conference. I'm not saying... Uh, uh, you get what I'm saying. I'm saying yes. it's different going from the dynasty team to a top team. And I definitely think that plays into it. Like I, I, I definitely think the, the Chiefs have, for better or worse, have become the villains of the NFL. Yeah, and the problem for me is I, I every time I see them, I like the Kelsey so much. I just, I mean, I don't listen to very many podcasts, but I'll see snippets because my my phone knows, hey, yeah, he would yeah, like the this. Algorithm, yeah. And they sent me the one of him talking to Shane Steichen, the Colts coach. Did you see that one? Oh, well, no, Jason. Jason is talking to him. And I mean, this is, I can relate to this because if I do shows like this show, and if I did a podcast, these are the kind of things I'd want to talk to the guests about. He's talking to Shane Steichen about being on Price is Right. He was on the Price is Right. Well, I didn't know that. That's oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, it's a funny story. I mean, he said he went with a bunch of friends and they were sitting in the back. And, you know, the Johnny Gilbert who is announcing, you know, so-and-so. And, 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 and he, they announced him as Shane Steichen. And he's like, all right, I'm used to that. So, okay. But he jumps up and he runs down and he takes his place on the thing. He said, and I, he's, you know, he's watched the show. So he's got a strategy in his mind. He's supposed to get the last pick. Because the new person gets picked last, and that's a big advantage. And for some reason, that's the caption of this. Bob Barker screwed him. He made him pick third. And and he tried to argue. He was like, you know, it's his turn. And Bob Barker was like, no, it's your turn. <laughs> so he's like, so whatever the thing was, like the first lady bid 400 The second lady bid 425 he bid 430 And the guy next to him started laughing. <laughs> Rookie. And he bid 431 and so now, you know, unless it was between 425 and 430, he wasn't. He had no chance. And sure enough, it came in at 450, and the guy in the end won, and he was pissed. So he said he never got to go on stage, but he does feel like he got he got jobbed by the refs there. You know, so that, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's a good story though. I mean, and and I, so they're, how oh, old Kelsey's, was he when he was? Kelsey's a great. I don't know. I just saw the snippet. I don't know. Maybe you could find the rest of it. But yeah, I'm wondering like where he was in his coaching career when you know he was. I just so can relate to them. Families in sports and brothers in sports and. You know, the kids saying things like, I'll never forget my niece, Nicole. I thought this is so adorable. My brother was coaching at, um, I don't even remember what the hell he was coaching. I think Johns Hopkins, Bucknell, whatever. One of his early coaching stops. And he said that um, whenever they won, he was going to come home and he would, you know, she would probably be in bed. He'd wake her up and they were going to have a party. And um, unfortunately, they lost like their next four games in a row. <laughs> And so she said, Day, could we have a party even if you lose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was uh, kids like I love the you didn't win. Not the Travi one. That's that's great. And the one did you ever find the one yet where he shaves his head? Uh no, I have not. Funny. She tells him that his brains why well, you you lost all your brains. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Very cute. Uh by the way, a little bit of breaking news in the NFL. Um why is offensive coordinator Ben Johnson um, who was rumored to be taking uh, either the Seahawks or the Commanders, uh, joining their staff, uh, said that he's staying in Detroit. Um, so wow. major reason that they uh, 
lot of people say that they went on the run they did. Uh, he is going to be staying in Detroit. He's only 37. And, uh, yeah, he'll be a – they say he'll be a head coaching candidate for years to come. But for at least one more year, the Lions have him. I was wondering what he was doing after he got uh, busted for drugs in the Olympics. Um, um, I don't think that's well, the not same the same Ben, ben Johnson? Johnson. No, oh. sorry, because that would be great in practice. He could take the wide receivers out and beat them all in forty-yard dashes. I don't care if I'm thirty-seven; I'm still kicking your ass. Damn it, Ben! <laughs> that would be entertaining. You live in your own little world. <laughs> I do. In my head, it's damned entertaining. So um, happy for the Lions to have their people back. But it is—it's—it's it's really weird, though, that football, correctly, by the way. Gets the perception of you know such great um, um, parity, and um, you know, and and it does, and they have some things built in for it. The schedule, the way it's adjusted, you know, if you have a w- worse team one year, you get a weaker, a non-conference uh, schedule than a team that's stronger, so you get better. They get better matchups. Everything they do, not everything, but they are really good at getting things right. And yet, despite that. You still get teams that are there, <laughs> like every damn year. The Chiefs are there again. You know, the 49ers have had a run. Detroit can't get there. They just can't ever get to the Super Bowl even after all these years. I mean, not one time. I mean, even baseball, which gets lamented for, oh, these teams. They, they You know, you'll see a, a year where the Royals go win the – forget about getting to the World Series. They win the damn World Series. I mean, it, it, it it's just – um, it, it, I think there was a stretch in baseball for 10 years not that long ago. They had 10 different World Series winners. I, it's, you know, um, and, and, the, and the basketball, we know there's no parity, which has been a problem. Although this year, with the three-point shot the way it is, um, and, and that is really, even in the NBA, it's, it's made parity, like in college, because the team comes out firing, anything's liable to happen. The problem is you know, if it was one and done, that's why, like, I love the NBA Cup because it's like the college tournament. And you saw the Lakers go win it because it is it is one and done. It's like it's like an entire event of seven games, which is what the NCAA tournament is. It's like 67 <clears throat> seventh game, excuse me. And so that's kind of fun. The NBA with the best of seven, it's tough. They, you know, you generally get the chalk makes its way through. But uh, football, for all the parity, you still get something they just can't break through. It's it's unbelievable. I don't I don't understand why necessarily. But uh, that's why I still cap. say consistently, the NHL playoffs are better than the NFL playoffs. Well, the NHL playoffs, the only problem with that is, I would like the regular season to have more meaning. Oh, agreed. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Because because in the NBA, it does have meaning in the sense that. You know, one hardly ever beats an eight. It's like a 64 and a one seed in the NCAA tournament. But in the NHL, man, I mean, the first round, you could have one, two, three, and four all go out. And that's like, that doesn't seem really fair. Now, the NBA's gotten it right a little bit for two reasons. One, they've made the regular season more meaningful. And two, they have made those first round matchups more entertaining because instead of one playing eight, you've got that play in series which makes it you got some good ones going on there. I still have said this many times. You know, there's about seven topics on this show, conference realignment in college uh, and playoff structures that are, you know, absolutely my go to's. If you want to see an entertaining playoff structure, go to the Australian Rules Football League. Makes oh, that's, great sense. that's awesome. It makes fat, perfect sense. Eight teams make it. 
they're basically divided into the top four and the bottom four, and and you get great matchups right out of the shoot because you got five playing eight, not one playing eight, and the top teams play too. Now you could say, what's the advantage of being in the top four? Well, essentially, those teams have a double elimination. So five plays eight, six plays seven. Let's just say for the sake of argument, the higher-seeded team wins through. So five plays eight, six plays seven, five wins, six wins, seven and eight are eliminated. Now, one plays four, two plays three. Let's say one wins and two wins. They get a bye through the next round. But three and four aren't eliminated. They now go play five and six. The winner's down at the bottom of the bracket. So there's a great advantage. You get home, you know, in terms of home field, like you're doing all the other sports. If you finish in the top four, you're giving yourself a little bit of a cushion. It's double elimination for you. And for the fan, the first round matchups are way more entertaining because you don't get those one, eight, two, seven jobs right out of the chute. You're getting terrific matchups. So uh, I, I don't know why nobody's incorporated here. I really don't. It, it's not very hard. It, it's and, and it, it's I just think it's me. They I, I, I'm telling you, Adam Silver pays attention around the world. He, the, the in-season tournament is patterned after a lot of the European soccer tournaments, and uh, and he learned from that. And the little play-in thing they're doing is kind of a variation on the Australian thing. You know, you right out of the shoot, you get a good matchup with a six playing ten, right? Uh, seven playing tens and and eight playing nine, kind of the same deal. Adds some incentive to be in the top groups, not only the home court, but you want to avoid having to be in that little play-in tournament. So. Um, I think he's stealing a page from them. It makes it makes some sense, but I like to see him go all the way in, go full bore, go the full money. I man. love that's my favorite playoff system. There is all right. We got to take a top of the hour break. Get Jay Bellis on the other side. All right, stay with us. ESPN six eighty one zero five seven. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the expert you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.